Amen. Right on. We're jumping back into this series. We took a little break last week for Father's Day, but we're jumping back into the series, Don't Give Up, because the scripture is full of encouragements of don't give up, don't, don't draw back, don't fall, don't, don't, don't be somebody who, who just steps out of the race. Uh, be somebody who just doesn't give up. The scripture promises us that there's a harvest there. You have something to reap if you're a person who doesn't give up. If you're a person who doesn't quit. Many of the times people miss what God has for them or miss uh, what the harvest is, not simply because the enemy was stronger or the situation wasn't possible. It's just simply because they just quit. They walked away. Uh, we talked in the first couple of weeks. A lot of people miss their harvest because they're just either in fear or they just they don't even start. You know, the thing is before them, and for whatever reason, they just won't even start, and they miss their opportunity. And so today, I want to talk about a, a subject that, like, I'm not even excited to talk about this morning. Uh, a lot of times, you know, obviously, this is my favorite couple hours of the week because I get to walk in my gifting and, and get to lead you as a pastor, and, and I'm excited for these. But this topic, even as I wrote it, I'm just, even to myself, like, oh this topic. And so I hope that doesn't come out when we're, because even as you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, this topic, but it's a topic we need to talk about because there's so much in scripture and there's so much promise that comes from this idea. And the idea is this, don't give up when you feel weak. I want to talk about weakness this morning. When you feel weak, there's a lot of strength that can be drawn from your weakness. You're like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. I say it again, there's a lot of strength that can be drawn from your weakness. And you're like, okay, you're going to have to break that down for me, and we're going to. But today, all of us have areas that we feel weak. All of us have areas that we feel like, you know what, this is an area of weakness, therefore God can't use me in it, therefore I'm just going to hold back in that area. Well, it's my weakness. It's just not my gifting, right? We all have the gift strengths, and we all do the Enneagram test. Are you with me? We're all doing like whatever the strength finders test is, and we're all going around labeling each other. Is that any of you? I know it's some of you. <clears throat> but we say, well, it's just not, it's my weakness. It's not my area. It's not my strength area. And I believe in some of the things like Andy Stanley teaches where he says something like, you don't even spend so much of your time making your weakness better. You should spend a little bit more of your energy just making your strength stronger. I believe that there's some truths in there. But what I am trying to look at and talk through and what I've studied through even preparing this message is God has a purpose and a harvest and he's got something in that season and in that area of your weakness. There's just harvest in your weakness. There just is. And so we can't say, well, that's my weakness. That gets to come off the table. No, God wants to do something in that weakness. Are you with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is Paul writing, of course. He says this. Many of you have heard the scripture. It says this, but he said to me, speaking of Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you. So the grace here that Jesus has for us is enough. For my power is made perfect in weakness. How many want to walk in the power of God? it's going to involve your weaknesses. So that's just a good thing to write down right now. If you want to walk in the power of God, you're going to have to learn to let God participate in your weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. This guy's weird, right? We love faith and we love take them out. We love all of these boldnesses of God. But here's this right over here bragging about his weaknesses. Maybe because he understands that that area of weakness is a great opportunity for God's power. 
Oh, that would have been a better amen, guys. <laughs> but we say, oh, no, my weakness, my weakness. Put it over here. Don't, don't. I got this weakness. Don't, don't. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't get into my weakness area. But there's power in that weakness area. We should probably push that weakness area to God. Are you with me today? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Not for when I am weak, I get to quit. Not for when I am weak, I get to resort back. Not for when I am weak, I get to hide out. No. For in that weakness, the hardships, the difficulties, the fearful areas, all of those, in those moments, God's power rests on me and I become strong. Don't hide the weakness. Don't hold back your weakness. Are you with me? I love the beginning of the song that we've sang every single week this month. Um, There's another in the fire, but the lyric says this, there's a grace for when my heart is under fire. There's a grace for that. And the grace isn't, oh, you get to hide out. You get to take a time out. You get to hide under the table. No, there's a grace for when your heart is under fire. What's the grace? The grace is that God's going to put his power on that weakness. The power on when that heart is under fire. Are you with me? The lyrics also say this, I'll count the joy come every battle because I know that's where you'll be. I get to get joyful. Like Paul's saying here, I get, to get, I get to get glad. I get to get boastful about when I head into this battle and I may feel weak. Why? Because the power of God's going to show up on me in this. And I don't have to do it by my own might, my own intelligence, my own. Are you with me? First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 says this. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Then it says this that genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's it saying? It's saying all of this temptation, all this trial, all of this stuff that's coming against me, it's going to produce in you something better than gold. It's going to produce this perfected faith. And so don't hide out when you're being persecuted and tried. Are, are you understand what this is saying here? It's saying it's a weakness. You got this weakness, this thing, all this stuff coming against you. But know that it's making you better. It's making you better. We love the idea of faith. Pastor gets up and preaches about faith. And he says, oh, yeah, faith, faith. We're going to take a mountain. We love that. We make bumper stickers out of that. And then, then hope. Pastor gets up and preaches on hope. You have hope. And oh, I have hope. Oh, hope, hope. and trust. Oh, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I can trust in him. He's a mighty rock. I can trust in him, trust in the Lord. And we love all that on a bumper sticker and a t-shirt and in a sermon. But in the quiet of your home, when faith is deeply required, stresses you out, right? We love this side of the coin of faith, but the other side of the coin of faith, where it's action and it requires and you have to grind and it takes faith that's where we love to retreat and hide our weaknesses and and hide that we don't have it all together and and hide are you with me today it's the same thing with oh i'm hoping in the lord hoping until the quiet place of your home when you have to have nothing but just hope in the lord because nothing else has come together and so in your weakness of nothing else coming together you got hope in the lord same thing with trust. We say, oh, trust, that's a great thing. But then all of a sudden, when it comes down to it, all you have is trust. We want to resort and run away and find another option other than trusting in the Lord. 
And God is saying, no, it's in that moment of weakness you get to actually learn trust because the power of God gets on that weakness. Are you with me? And in hope, you say, oh, I'm, I'm hope. And then in that weakness, the power, and that's how this faith, like the first Peter is saying, it becomes perfected in you, which becomes better than gold. Are you with me today? Yeah. Trusting in the Lord when it's terrifying. That's why Proverbs 3, 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, could we say, strengths. And say, look, don't, don't, don't try to trust the Lord and figure this all out out of your strength zone, out of your strength finder test, out of your strong points. It's saying, no, trust in the Lord, lean on him, even if it's in your weaknesses. Why? Because God's power will show up in our weaknesses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own ways. Is this making sense today? And so it's not a cop-out thing. It's not like, well, I'm weak. I'm just a weak person. God's going to do it all. No, it's saying, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. I'm walking with you, even though I feel weak. I'm not going to give up what we're talking about. I feel weak. I feel like I don't have what it takes to get to the finish line in this. I want to just give up because I feel weakness here. No, no, no. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own thing. Trust God. Are you with me? Peter and uh, Paul, they're just writing, they're saying these crazy things like, I delight in these seasons, one scripture says. I delight in these seasons where I have weaknesses. I delight in it. It just doesn't line up with the American hero culture that we live in. No, I'm strong. 75 ways to be a perfect leader. Blah, blah, blah. And for one of us to be like, oh, right now, weakness is where God's strength. It just, it's counter, isn't it? My daughter, she has uh, rolling luggage. So whenever we travel, uh, she's also a hoarder. And uh, so when we travel, we literally have to check her back before we leave the house because it's like, it's like, Caroline, I don't know how you got the TV in here, but we don't need to take it. She just stuffs this bag so full. But it's also her job to carry the rolling luggage through the airports and through the places that we go. And it weighs 500 pounds because we couldn't talk her out of everything. And she's only six years old and all these places, and airport, and so it's banging into everything, and she's, and I'm watching her weakness. Are you with me? And I'm just sitting here as the father being like, I just wish that you would let me participate in your weakness here. Just admit that you're having a little bit of a weakness, and come in here and help you. Your knees, her shins, we get there, she's all bloody, and like banged into everything, you know, and uh, all these grown-ups have cussed at her, at church, and, uh, <laughs> and so I'm sitting here as the father just being like, hey, man, I, I, I just wish you would just say, hey, hey, dad, I'm, I, I got a weakness here. Are you with me? And guess what dad's waiting to do? Jump in. Oh, let me help you with that. Let me, put, let me put my power on that. We'll get this figured out, right? We'll just get that strolled right to where it needs to be. I wonder how many of you are just, there's no weakness here. I'm fine. I'm fine. We've taught our kids. They, they, they both actually said it. Uh, they, and it's probably because it's what I do when they get hurt. So, you know, kid falls off the roof, and I pick him up. And I'm like, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so when they would fall or get hurt, they would get up, and they'd say, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's probably because I said it. But, but it's like they won't admit, you know, there's a weakness, or I have a spot here that's going on in my life right now. And we do the same thing to God. We say, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. We do it to each other too, Christians. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. 
I don't have a weakness or a vulnerability here that God's power could come on and actually, are you with me? Don't quit and don't resist and don't push away what God is doing. Don't miss that harvest because you don't want to be honest about a weakness. Let God step in and be the father. Amen. Uh, we have a, and I know for some of you, it, this gets a little uncomfortable, but it's, it's not, it's not weird at all, but there's a, a pastor friend of ours, there's a minister friend of ours who walks in the prophetic. He speaks in prophetic gifting. So he gives words and encouragements and builds up the body of Christ. And when he comes and gives words, we, we keep track of them and we write them down and we document them. And so in my office, uh, I have a, a, a binder, three ring binder of all these printed prophetic words that he spoke over this church and uh, like our family this this church our family my life and uh and so you read through them and you open and you're reading and it's god's word and it's insanely inspiring you're like oh this is absolutely inspiring but there's also pages in the book that like i don't even like to read because i'm so weak in those areas that i'm like i just that's huge god that's that's a big deal um Let's just turn the page to the other side that, that I'm more comfortable with, that I have greater strength in. Does that make sense? Yeah. But the problem, if I actually lived that way, and I don't, I don't live that way, I'm just saying that's my tendency. I still pray over all of them and pursue all of them. But I'm saying the tendency for many of us as Christians, we say, God, pour yourselves out. I want to be used by you. And then he says, okay, I want you to do this. And you go, oh, that's not my gift. That's not. And we just keep sidestepping all of these things that God wants to do because there are weaknesses. But if we would just give him our weaknesses, he'd put his power on it. And we'd see, are you with me? Yeah. And it's the same. So I get that book. Oh, God, that's my weakness. That's my weakness. And God's over there waiting to be like, yeah, but I got the power for that. Are you with me? Yeah. And so we just, we just, we just got to learn to get to a place where it's okay to say, I, I don't understand it. I don't have the capability. Uh, this church coming together to plant this church. We were at a very dysfunctional church on the east side in the Brighton Howell area and uh, got to the point where, um, so my wife and I were kind of leading or a part of like this campus transition uh, of this one church that was there of many churches. And we basically got to the point where we had caught the leadership in so many black and white lies. It wasn't like a, a, an abbreviation or like somebody kind of changed slightly what they said and it was misinterpreted. Like I had emails, <laughs> you know, like I had black and white lies and caught them in all kinds of things. And, um, and I just was told Jess, I was like, we just, we can't be here anymore. And so they were trying to make this change and smooth this thing over. And, and we just couldn't be there anymore. We just could not be there anymore. And, the problem with it is we had no plan B. Like there was no, we just knew we couldn't be a part of this dysfunction. This was not godly. And to steward my gift well in my life and be accountable to God, I couldn't participate in that. And we also had a three-month-old daughter. Our first child was born at that place. So we're just like, what, what do we got to take care of her? I got all this stuff going on. And so I know when we resigned, so we resigned. We just said we can't participate in this. We didn't know we were going to plant a church. And so we started praying about God, what, what, what he'd have us do next. And we had an opportunity to, to do some ministry in California with a church, which would have been an easy transition. I had a friend that could have made the connection. But God started stirring in our heart for us to plant this church. So we're sitting here like, okay, so we don't really have a job because immediately once we resigned, you got no place to go. You got no. So all of these weaknesses started adding up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
We don't have that. We don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have this. But we got a word from God. And it was like, you're going to plant. You're going to plant the church. And God spoke some things, uh, again, prophetic words into our life. And so we were like, listen, we understand what it is to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to come and do this. And we did it out of a place of weakness and God's power showed up. Are you with me? Was it easy? Absolutely not. Was it terrifying? The most terrifying time of my life. I'm talking about we put ourselves in a season where if God didn't show up, we crashed and burned and then owed people money. <laughs> like it was even worse. And so I'm just telling you some of the, here's what I would say is this. Some of the best encounters with God, some of the best moments with God in my life came when I gave and surrendered my biggest weaknesses to him. And all of you would say the same thing. Oh, I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel capable enough. I didn't feel ready, but I still went in faith anyway. And God showed up and they're the most memorable things in my life. Are you with me? Why? Because God puts his power on our weaknesses when we submit it to him. Amen. I thought about so many different things that we say in church. We say, oh, well, we, we don't have the budget for that. So we can't meet that need of ministry. We don't have the budget. Well, the scripture says that God will provide all our needs according to his riches. Why are we trying to cover a weakness? I realize how budgets work in church. We operate them. But instead, we say, hey, God, I see that you've called me to this. You've assigned me to this. You've positioned me for this. How about we say, God, we, you know, this is the weakness. Put your hand on it, right? Too many ministries missing what God has for them is what I'm trying to say, simply because, we're saying, well, we don't have the budget. We don't have the people. We don't have the... And God is up in heaven saying, give me your weakness, and I'll put my power on it. Are you with me? I thought about this. The problem, I think, is this in the American culture in church. Is this okay? Is this making sense to you guys? The problem is we love to play it safe, and safety has limitations. Uh, I, I think about it like this. All of us would love to say, okay, God, here's my weakness. Uh, put your power on it, uh, but, but I'm going to keep it safe. I'm going to keep it controlled by my own hand. I'm going to keep it just in the safe boundary. So you want God to move in a powerful way in your life, but with training wheels on. You don't want it to tip over. You don't want it to go wrong. You don't want to skin a knee, right? So you say, oh, God, put your power on this. Pour yourself out. But just let me have a little bit of control here. I need a safety net. The problem with training wheels, though, is it limits your capabilities. Duh. So when my kids go off the pavement and they get in the grass, they're stuck. When my kids try to ride their bike up a mountain with some terrain and some uneven, they're limited, aren't they? It's the same thing in our walk with God when we say, oh, God, this is my weakness. Put your power on it, but let me keep my training wheels there's going to be only so many places that you can go with those safety wheels on. Does that make sense? We have to fully and wholly surrender all of our weaknesses, all of our shortcomings, all of those areas and say, God, put your power on this and have total control. And in those moments, that's when God shows up the best. Amen. We are called two ways in life. I'll be wrapping up here in just a minute. We're called in two ways of life. Uh, there's two ways that you're called. There's, you're, there's two things you're assigned to do. What you're called to do, there's two ways that you're growing in God. It's in what you're called to do and what you're called to be. So God has a calling for what you're called to do in life and then who you're called to be. This one is character. God wants to develop your character. It's who you're called to be. It's a being. God has called you to be this kind of person. That's why the scripture gives us the fruits of the spirit and all the characters and all the things that we're called to walk in. But then there's the, you're called to do's. Be involved in your community. Do this, show this, display this. All of the scriptures that show you what you're, you're called to go do. 
And here's what I would say to you about this. Both of those require God's strength showing up, overpowering your weakness. Amen. You can't go do what you're called to do unless God's power shows up on your weakness. And you can't be what you're called to be unless God's power shows up on your weakness. Otherwise, you're doing both of those things in your own strength. Amen. And so we just got to get to the place where we say, okay, God, in my weakness, this is where I'm missing it. This is where I'm... pray God's power in, pray God's power in. You say, well, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we do it in the ways that look weak. And I'm talking about this. We come to church. Oh, that's not a big deal. That's just a little thing. That's a little weak thing. No, you come to church on a regular basis and you pray, God, I want your power to rest on my weakness. So I'm gathering together with other believers. Are you with me? Prayer. We say, oh, prayer is just a little thing. That's just a little thing. No, it's a connection to heaven. Are you with me? He said, we pray and we let God's power rest in our weakness in prayer. And we worship like we were singing this morning. This is how we fight our battles. What do we do? We're saying, God, this is my weakness. This is, this is my life. This. And then he comes in and puts his power on it. Are you with me? If you think about it like this, all the people that I've listed for the last couple of weeks, Noah, Moses, Esther, David, Daniel, all those people lived in such a way that they put their weakness out there for God's power to rest on. And if he didn't show up, they were doomed, Right? It's just, the, it's just the example of the Bible is to be a people who say, okay, God, this is all I got, but I also got a word from you, and I know that you're going to put your power on this, and it's all going to come through. Amen. I'll close with this. I want to read you this, uh, which I thought is really fun. Um, I read it to you at Easter, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 11, it says this. Again, Paul writing, he says, We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia. It was so bad we didn't think we were going to make it. So they're fighting the temptation of quitting. We felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Why? Instead of us trusting our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom, and he'll do it again, like Maddie was just worshiping. We got a history of victory, and he'll do it again. Rescuing us, how many times? As many times as we need rescuing. If we live these safe lives, we say, oh, we can only do what we can do by our own hand. We miss the miraculous power of God showing up and rescuing us again and showing us resurrection again. Are you with me? You'll say, oh, amen, I believe that God wants to raise the dead. But then we got to get around the dead. Oh, that's not my strength. Oh, we want to see God heal the sick. Well, you got to get around the sick. You got to pray for people. Oh, that's not my strength. Is it your weakness? Perfect, because God will put his power on it. (laughs) See what I did there? God is not, we've all heard this before. God is not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character. It's not about how good we feel and how comfortable it all is. He's interested in developing that perfect faith that first Peter talked about, that perfect, genuine, authentic faith. And I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to make your weakness your pet. So many people come in and they say, this is my weakness. I can't do that because this is my weakness. This is my weakness. I say, oh, good. God loves weakness. Let's, let's use that. Let's use that weak, right? And I get it. There's all areas that we're all healing from. But I don't want us to just sit here and be, this is my weakness. This is my weakness. Because God wants to do something in our weakness. 
That's why Ephesians 6.10 says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in your own mighty power. Oh, whoops. Finally be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Your weakness doesn't really matter because it's the Lord who's doing the work anyway. I should quit. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not able enough. I have too much weakness. Well, we're doing it in the power of God's might this time anyway, right? Let me read you 2 Corinthians again. This will be my last thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is in the Passion Translation. I love, love, love how this came out. It's the first scripture that we read uh, to open up the sermon, but I want to read it to you a different way. It says this. Passion translation. You're going to want to reread this later, but it says this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. How many times is it enough for you? Always more than enough. And my power finds its full expression through your weaknesses. How many in here want the full expression of God on your life? Let them into your weaknesses. So I celebrate my weakness for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted for when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I am surrounded with troubles on every side, persecution because of my love of Christ, I am made yet stronger for my weakness becomes the portal to God's power. Come on, you superhero weirdos. That's a good... Your weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Wow. Forget everything else I said. Let's just go home with the last part of that verse. When we say, God, this is my weakness, he says, portal to power. I can do something with weakness. Isn't that amazing? Stop trying to hide what you're not. I'm not a public speaker. I'm not good with people. I don't know how to do this. I'm not strategic. I don't know how I could ever. I want to do that thing. I want God to help me build that thing, but I don't. Awesome. Weakness, portal to power. Let's go do this. I realize it's not as easy and comical as I make it out to be, but just trust God. Not your own understanding. Just trust God. If he's calling you to it, if he's assigning you to it, if he's putting you in it, God's got a portal of power for you to get to just by saying, God, here's my weakness. That's why the scripture said, here I am, Lord, send me. That needs to be our mindset, my weakness and all, but here I am, Lord, send me. It's a portal to his power, amen?